Thanks for joining us today at Liberty City Podcast. Liberty City values each person's unique experience of faith, and we hope that this word impacts you today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to church, the first of two chapel services over this uh, next coming weeks. And if you've um, got a Bible, then turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6, and Matthew 2 and verse 1. And I want to talk to you today on the topic of the lingering gift. You can write that down if you're taking notes. And Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And the government, it says, will be upon his shoulders. And Matthew 2, verse 1 says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, asking, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the Christmas season, God. Speak to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If your family is anything like my family, then Christmas begins on November the 1st. Like we have a clean run from the moment that Thanksgiving is finished, we roll into Halloween. But from there, what else is there to look forward to than listening to Michael Buble 12 hours a day? where he is keenly defrosted along with his seasonal friend Mariah Carey, and they are blasted through the Google Play as the decorations go up right around the house. We have multiple trees, we have lights, we have decorations. Historically, as the family Grinch, I have avoided all things seasonal. But you'll be glad to know that as I have matured and as I have grown, and as I have become a better man, I am as pumped as anybody in our home for the setting up of trees and lights and Christmas decorations. On Christmas Eve, we watch Home Alone. We do that every year. It's the greatest Christmas movie along with Die Hard of all time. On Christmas Day, we get up early. Kids are pumped. They start shredding away paper from around their presents. Early morning exhilaration begins at about 5 a.m. We then proceed to have too much food. Then we have Boxing Day. Boxing Day should just be reheating food from the day before day because that's what we do. We lounge, we rest, we eat food that's left over. But then we have today. Today is the 27th of December. Today is the day after the day after. Again, if your family's anything like mine, there will be a few lingering Christmas relics. Bags of wrapping paper, the trees, the Christmas lights, decorations, broken toys that are littered throughout the house. And a present or two will remain under the tree. Maybe a present you forgot to post or someone who didn't turn up to retrieve their own. And they'll linger for some time. This lingering present that's yet to be claimed for me is always very interesting and speaks to me every year. And I pray that today it would speak to us. The lingering gift under the tree for many of us is actually the gift of Jesus Christ. He is for us the lingering gift of Christmas. Not so much the saving grace of Jesus, not not so much the salvation that he brings, although these are things that we should never ever forget to celebrate, Not that we're assured of salvation or that have received the eternal gift of Jesus Christ, but more, uh, I'm more talking about the unfolding of what that relationship means to you, the growing and maturing of walking with Christ, of what he can do for you, and I think maybe even more importantly, what he has for you. The Christmas tree reminds us that there is a star at the top, but for us there is indeed a sun at the bottom. For unto us, the Bible says, a son is born, and unto us, A child is born and a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. I think about Jesus and the fact that, no doubt, as a builder, he had massive shoulders. Most builders that I know have big shoulders. Uh, Recently, when we um, renovated the office earlier this year, 
It was uh, me and Pat and Mike and Zeke, and we were renovating and painting and doing some demo work, and it was great, you know, and I was there, you know, very much, just like a bystander. But there was this one particular day where we had to install this beam in the middle of what were previously a wall with two offices on either side. And we, we, got, we got rid of the wall and we installed this beam. And Zeke, of the four of us, is the guy, I mean, this guy deadlifts, like he, he can lift. So he's, he, he clearly has the biggest shoulders, like he's the guy that you want lifting the beam with you. Like if Zeke's there, I'm feeling confident. But about an hour into the installation of the beam, before we'd actually physically lifted it, he started giving us warnings like, hey boys, I've got to head off soon. I've got plans later tonight. Hey, just so you know, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be leaving in about 30 minutes. Boys, in about 15. Boys, in about five minutes. So he's doing his part just to, let it, just to sow those seeds of the fact that he might not be there for the great lift. Anyway, lo and behold, we're going to go to lift the beam. And just as we're about to lift it, Zeke has to leave. So we, we finally listen to him at this point. This is when we finally hear him. But Zeke, what are you doing? Don't be silly. You know, stay around. He says, no, 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 I've got to go. I've been telling you for the last hour. No, you haven't. I have been. For the last hour, I've been letting you know, I've got to leave. And so Zeke leaves. We lost him. We lost the largest shoulders in the room. But we still had Pat. We still had Mike. And we still had me. And I would come to learn that with these shoulders that I still had available to me in the room, that they would be more than able to carry the burden of that beam. You see, sometimes, sometimes, Appearances can be deceiving. Pat and Mike were more than able that day, and I was certainly the bystander, to lift that beam to where it needed to go. Isn't that the same in our faith in Jesus? Isn't that the same that we have the tendency to want to do all of the heavy lifting, but realize that He is more than able to do the lifting for us? Matthew eleven twenty eight says this, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and I am, and I am humble in heart, for you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The lingering gift of Jesus' shoulders shows us that they are more than able to carry the burden of our lives. We have taken back more responsibility this year than I think we've needed to. I think we've taken back more control, more burden, and more concern. Today is a great chance for us to simply give it back. Receive today the shoulders that are more than able to carry them, the shoulders of Jesus. And when Isaiah prophesied that the government will be on his shoulders. Maybe for you it isn't control that you need to relinquish, but maybe it's his light burden that you need to open. Maybe today for you the lingering gift is realizing that every good thing comes from him. Maybe for you it's claiming the success that really belongs to the Lord. Maybe for you it's the lingering gift of acknowledging the patience and the long-suffering, the empathy of your friends as you and I have navigated 2020. Maybe for you the lingering gift is that whilst you have been chasing the goodness of God, it has indeed been chasing you. Whatever it is for you today, that lingering gift that's under the tree is from the Lord for you and it is catered specifically for your needs. He knows you, He loves you, and he knows what's best for you. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, to have a catered gift that's so thoughtful, so practical, so necessary, so creative, and so brilliantly made, especially for you, the perfect gift. Nadia is the queen gift giver. She's the greatest. The other day I was writing in my journal, because I was writing in my journal, I'm a man of cloth, and I was writing in my journal, 
and I ran out of paper and I was like, oh, I need a new journal, especially for the new year. And I said, babe, would you mind, because she's the journal lady, moleskins and journals just always flying through the house. And, and I'm like, hey, babe, would you mind adding me to the list of you know, new journals? Can I please grab a new journal for the new year? And she's like, I wish you wouldn't ask. Of course, that's exactly what I've bought you for one of your Christmas presents. I should have known. She's the greatest. My Garmin watch, my, my, my clothing. I have like the perfect fleece from Nadia. My watch, just like a gift she bought me one day, I use it every single day of my life. My, I've got a brand new leather satchel that can carry all my belongings in it. Like she's just the best. And every gift she gives, I feel like is catered specifically for me. As much as a, a good gift giver is Nadia, how much greater is the Lord? How much greater is our God that he has catered exactly what you need in this season? 2020 has been a year. We've been grieving. We've had ups. We've had downs. We've had seasons of isolation and tried to navigate this whole journey, sometimes alone. But just know that today, there is a gift at the bottom of that tree specifically for you. And if you're taking notes, I'd love to go through just a couple of things. And I think that maybe just one of these things might be exactly what it is that God wants to give to you today. The first thing is that it could be, it could be his light burden. And if you're taking notes, write that down. His light burden. Matthew 11 says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. That's all of us. And I will give you rest. Verse 30 says this, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My burden is light. Has this year made you feel heavy? Has this year weighed you down with thoughts for your health and your family and your future? This, my friends, is called burden. That is what we call it. Maybe this year you've carried a little bit too much burden, more than you necessarily needed to. He went through what he went through to carry your burden for you. The other day I was in the kitchen and Jaden was in the other room. I said, Jaden, would you like anything, man? He said, yeah, that'd be great. I'll grab a drink. And I was like, yeah, I'll get you a drink. No problem. And then he proceeded to get up and walk to the kitchen and he served himself and got himself a drink. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, I'm cool to get you. Like, I can get you the drink. I was already here. That's why I asked. And he says, no, I don't want you to overextend yourself. Like, you just, so you're in here doing the dishes, whatever. I'll come and grab myself a drink. And I was like, why would you do that? Why would you, when someone else has asked you to do something for you and is in a position to achieve that, then go out of your way. Isn't that such a picture of our human nature? That Jesus, to a degree, is in the kitchen. He's doing the hard work. He can carry the burden and carry your sin to the cross. And he would reach out to us and say, hey, would you like anything while I'm here? Would you like anything from the kitchen? I carry your sins. Got your back. Eternity in heaven. No problem. All the burdens you're carrying, I got you. And then we're like, yeah, Jesus, that'd be so great. And then we proceed to get up and carry that burden by ourselves. Jesus is not only willing to carry your burdens, He's the only person that knows how to. It would be like Jaden laying on the couch and telling me not to worry, that he'll get around to it at some stage, but then never actually being able to. Jesus has for you, friends, a light burden. A friend of mine way back in the day used to be an acting student, and he would come into the dance studio or the acting studio, and, uh, and, he, and he would always, um, every time he came to work, he would like go through this process that he learned in drama school, where he would like, lay down his burdens at the door before he came to work and we would work in hospitality together and so he would like he would like go through a process of like physically taking off like an invisible bag and leaving it at the door and then one day i was like bro nate what are you up to like that's so like um interesting you know and he's like dude i'm just leaving my leaving my junk at the door 
I don't want to bring my bad attitudes to work. I'm trying to leave it and I'll pick it up when I leave. But while I'm here, I want to be all here. And I thought that was brilliant. The only issue with that, of course, is that like if you leave your attitude at the door, his whole process was he would, he would pick it up when he left again. With Jesus, when you leave it at the foot of the cross, he takes it and you no longer need to pick it back up again because you've handed it over to him. Your heavy burden for his light burden. I don't know if you've heard of Instacart. It's like a delivery, grocery delivery app. And we use it. It's brilliant. And whenever we get a grocery delivery and they, they tap lightly on the door, Jovi's always super keen to help. She's three years old, super keen, loves people, loves guests. So she runs to the door and she's so eager. The only issue is that she's not very helpful. She's three and she can't lift any of the bags. In fact, the lightest bags, she might be helpful, but she usually causes more harm than help and gets in the way. She's trying to lift bags using all of her might. She'll push and she'll tug and, and, and with everything she has and the bags will not move. She's actually more harmful than she is helpful. I end up tripping over her and squashing the eggs and the whole process can be a bit of a drama. This is what we do with our burdens. This is what we do. They get delivered to our door on a daily basis because life is good at that. Jesus is able to carry them, to sort them, to crucify them. But we get in the way. We push, we pull, we drag and we tug using important energy in our lives on things that he can do without us, causing more harm than help. He took the fear. He took the weight. He took the guilt. He took the regret. He carried them and he crucified them on the cross. And the lingering gift for you is his light burden. Colossians 2.14 says this, he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Matthew 11.30 says, my yoke is easy. The phrase there, yoke, is not referring to eggs, my friend. It's referring to the yoke, which is a, a, a piece of wood that would balance the weight in between two oxen. And that yoke would balance what they were carrying. He's saying that we get to balance the weight between our power and his power and the weight that we carry. But we get to harness the power of his grace and of his mercy and of his strong shoulders to carry the weight that we can't carry. A friend of mine calls this the weight shift. We need to make a weight shift of that burden through that yoke and put it on the shoulders of Christ. A friend was telling me that there's a story of a group hiking through the mountains. And as they're hiking through the mountains, someone was lagging behind and the instructor went to the back and found that person, realized that she was lagging from behind the group and said, friend, I see you lagging. We need to make a weight shift. And she said, oh, that'd be great. Any help you can give me would be brilliant. And he said, yeah, excellent. Give me your bag. And so she took off her whole pack, her whole hiking pack, and gave it to the instructor, who then was carrying his own pack and now her pack. And then he ran back to the front of the line and the whole, the whole group marched on hiking up this mountain. Uh, I don't know if that's called a weight shift as much as it is a weight take, a weight removal. But that's exactly what Jesus does in our life. He wants to take our heavy burden and replace it with his light burden. The second thing, I believe that might be at the bottom of the tree for you this year, this lingering gift. It's not just his light burden, but for you today, maybe it's his control. Control has become a negative word. Control has become a word that has horrible and negative connotations. Control as a word has indeed been cancelled. In doing so, we have taken control of the word control. But that's not the Lord's plan. The Lord's plan 
is that he would retain control, that he would retain lordship, that he would retain leadership. Faith is not a democracy, friends. Phrase, uh, phrase, phrase is a new word that we just made up. Faith is not a democracy, my friends. It is the giving over of our rights to God, that we trust him, we submit to him, we surrender our will to his. They have a phrase that says, Jesus, take the wheel. And I don't think that we just want to give Jesus the wheel at birth, death, or marriage, or in ill health. We want to get into a habit of giving him the wheel every day of our lives. He has many names, the King of Kings, the Messiah, the Savior. But one name that he's given that we don't often use is Lord of Lords. You see, Savior is easy. Not for us. It's easy for him. He saved us. I mean, in, in a sense, it has a one-time feeling about it. Savior, bang, done. You see, Lord is different. Savior happened once. The once and for all sacrifice, the Bible says in Hebrews. But Lordship happens every single day. Savior means that we take from him. The Lord means that we give to him. Savior saves, the Lord leads. A Savior is one time, the Lord is all time. A Savior looks for recognition and forgiveness, but the Lord looks for ownership and rule. Nadia and the kids, it's five votes to one, have been on my case, on my case, on my case about getting a dog. Like honestly, we, they would bring it up weekly. So at minimum, we're having 52 conversations a year about getting a dog. Here's the thing. My issue is not the saving of the dog. My issue is the lordship of the dog. Because I don't, I don't think buying a dog or going to the SPCA or the pound and getting a dog, the saving of the dog to bring you in and adopt new young dog into the Mary Church family, that's no issue. That's one time. Done. Easy. I can bring you into the family. We now have seven Mary Churches. Beautiful. It's the Lordship. That's what I'm not looking forward to. Because the saving is easy. But the Lordship is a daily grind of teaching that dog new values, bringing the dog into the ways of the family, new attitudes. That's the hard work for me in this scenario as the Savior and the Lord. For Jesus, saving us, He gave everything. It took His life. But the Lordship is a journey that will take our life that will give over of our rights and our submission, and we surrender to him. Phil Pringle of C3 talks about the parable of the dog. Talks about the fact that when he got a new dog and had to teach the dog new values and new attitudes, submission and surrender, that this is exactly what it is that God does with us. That he wants to bring us to a point of humility where we submit to him, where we give him control of our lives. That's what the Lord is looking for. Leadership, control. When we get saved, we change kingdoms. Kingdom of dark to kingdom of light. We need to learn new values, new focuses, new priorities, new ways of doing things. A new Lord, a new king. That relationship is his tool, but it is also his goal. But life change is the byproduct. This year at the bottom of the tree, the lingering gift for you might be his light burden, but it could be his control that this year you've taken back too much control for yourself because you're living in fear about what the future might hold. Friends, give back control to Jesus. Let him again, indeed, take the wheel. The last thing I'd say is this, is at the bottom of the tree, at the top is the star, but at the bottom is the sun. And it could be for you this year, his benevolence. 
Benevolence can simply be defined as kindness or goodness. That we see in movies many kings and emperors and lords that are portrayed in ways that are not flattering or kind. Commodus played by Walking Phoenix in Gladiator, Lord Farquaad of Shrek, the emperor in Star Wars, Sauron in The Lord of the Rings. These are not flattering or kind emperors that often kings and lords are portrayed to be selfish, self-focused, narcissistic by nature. Lordship is not synonymous with goodness. Kingship is not synonymous with kindness. But with God, it is completely different. Psalm 86 verse 5 says this, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. Amen. And abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. Psalm 100 verse 5, For the Lord is good, His loving kindness is everlasting, and His faithfulness to all generations. James 1 verse 17, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, in whom there is no variation or shifting of shadows. Mark 10 verse 18, No one is good, not one, but God. We get too good at looking around and seeing bad and equating it to God. We must get better at seeing the silver lining of every cloud and finding God in that space. Romans 8.28 says that, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His good purpose. There was a specific day that I remember. I can't remember the date or the day or the time of the day. I can't even remember the year. But I remember a specific moment when I realized in my life, genuinely, truly, deeply, that God was good. I was sitting on my couch, and I was at home, and it was a normal day. And I was looking around my house, and I realized that in that moment, everything that I owned was a gift. The car I owned, I had been given. The couch that I was sitting on, the TV that I was watching, the drawers and the dresser, the table that I ate my dinner at, the, the chairs, everything. We had all these really cool thrifted, like, bits and pieces, and, like, this, like, uh, this old library, like, Dewey Decimal System drawer thing. Like it would all these beautiful timber components in the house, all of them gifts, all of them from people who loved us and accepted us and gave to us not only love and kindness and their time, their treasure, but physical gifts. And I realized that God had blessed me with health and with a wife and a family and great friends and all these incredible gifts in my house. And I realized well and truly in that moment that God, He was indeed good. Bad things had happened to me, for sure. Bad things still happen to me every day. But beyond the bad things that happen to me, I know that God is good and He is for me. Psalm 23 verse 6, and I'll close with this, says this, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If there's one thing that I hate following me, is a bad smell. You ever get that? You know, where you just like, you, you just... You waft the top just to see what comes up through the, you know, through the neckline. And then, you, yeah, we're good. Because the last thing you want is to be the guy that smells. And a bad smell follows you. You don't walk into it if you're the one that smells. It's always there lingering. The Bible says about God that surely your goodness and love will follow me like a bad smell all the days of my life. And Nadia loves candles and like incense things or like, you know, those like, you have like oil and then it's like got that little thing at the top. You don't light it, but it's just like, you know, it's everything oh, smelling good. Everything's smelling lovely. This is what the Bible says about God. He says, goodness will follow me. Love will follow me. All the, 
every day of your life. As much as you chase after God, as much as you worship Him, as much as you give Him and put into your relationship with Him in front of you, He's behind you. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's in front and behind. And goodness, you might be chasing the goodness of God, but the goodness of God is chasing you, friend. Understand that today. The lingering gift of Jesus at the bottom of that tree, His light burden. But understand that it's His goodness that He loves you so much. God had a plan. We had a problem. We needed a Savior. And the Savior's name is Jesus Christ. And He came. And there is a star at the top of that tree. But friend, for you and me today, the day after, the day after, there is a Savior at the bottom of that tree. And His name is Jesus. And if you're here today and you don't know Christ, you're tuning in and you're not walking with Jesus, you're not right with God, then I would love to. Friend, I would love to pray a very simple prayer that would bring you into relationship with Him. You're saying that to me, I'm away, I'm distant, I don't know Jesus, I'm not, I'm not right with God. Then I'm so glad that you tuned in for our chapel service today because I would love to pray with you before we close. And I'll pray a prayer. I'll say one line and you repeat it back to me. The prayer goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you. I need you in my life. I ask you, forgive me of my sin. And I thank you that you do. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Awesome. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year too. I'm going to hand over to our hosts. Don't forget to say hello in the chat. Love you so much. See you next time. We are so glad you joined us at Liberty City Podcast. Please come check us out on social media and find an event to connect with us. 